We should be rigorous in judging ourselves and gracious in judging others. John Wesley. You're listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. And this was night and day different than anything I had ever experienced. I was humbled and even embarrassed. I really felt God knocking on the door. You know, I was an atheist and I thought that science was the right way and anything else was just silly. It was just, you know, like fairy tale really is what I thought. God had a plan for my life. I believe when we lose our life is when we find the life that God wants us to have. Hola, shalom, and jambo. Welcome to the podcast. I am your hardworking host, Dan Henderson. If you've never been to our site, go ahead and stop by and snoop through our bathroom cabinets. I worked really hard on stacking the thinktwicetv.com website with lots of good pages to help you grow your faith. Things like good quotes, testimonies, different categories and videos, and all of our previous podcast episodes. I know you're busy, so let's dive right into the content. This story is from professional surfer Brian Jennings. He tells us his story of finding faith. I remember the feeling of riding a wave for the first time. Something happened, something clicked in my little 10-year-old brain because from that day forward, I was completely crazy about surfing. By age 11, my parents uh, were divorced. It was like waking up one day and not being able to breathe. And then from ages 11 to 14, I wanted to be the cool kid. I wanted to surf well. I wanted the other kids to like me because I was sponsored already. But it wasn't until I was uh, about 16 or 17 when I started going to church um, because there was free pizza and cute girls. So like that was, that was the reason why I went to church. And it was weird to me. They were singing songs and I was like, I wasn't comfortable. I didn't grow up in church. So I, I was like, what is this? This is weird. But then the words of the, of the worship songs started to make a lot of sense to me, or at least bring up questions in my heart and in my mind. Questions like, wow, so Jesus Christ died for me, like in my place, so that I could be forgiven for my sins? And so I, was, I deserved punishment, and that punishment was put on Him on the cross? And the next thing I knew, I was realizing, wait, that's the most loving thing that someone could possibly do is actually take my punishment on themselves instead of me having to take that punishment. By the time I was 18, 17 or 18, I had everything that you're supposed to have. I was, I was surfing, I was one of the best surfers in my school, I was popular, I had a pretty girlfriend, I was at the parties, I was having fun, and I'd come home from supposedly a perfect night and I would just sit there on my bed about to go to sleep and I would just start crying and it would happen for like months and I was like what is my deal there's just something empty in me and I was just lonely and I was just like I have everything but I have nothing something's missing and then the worship songs at church and the things I started to learn a little bit about the basics of who God is at church even though I was there for all the wrong reasons started to make a lot of sense and I just was in my bedroom and I just said Lord if you're real and I believe you are I ask that you'll come into my life, forgive me of my sins, everything I've done that was wrong for 18 years, please forgive me and, uh, and change my life. I want to live my life for you instead of for me. 
Up until this point, my dream was to be a pro surfer. I had only done mediocre in amateur competitions, but never done well in a professional surf contest. The next weekend on Saturday, there was a pro-am competition in my local town, and I ended up miraculously winning this contest. Like the waves came to me, not to the other guys, to the point where I was like, Sorry guys, like, I don't know, it was almost like cheating, but like, I know that I like received God last weekend, I don't know, I prayed this prayer, now something's happening, because the waves are coming to me, not to you, I apologize. My friends are freaking out, oh my gosh, you just beat all the best pros of our city. You need to go tomorrow, there's another competition tomorrow up in Huntington Beach, you need to go to that contest and surf in, there, in that contest, and I'm like, I don't know, man, that one's like real, real. I go out my first round, waves come miraculously to me, not to the other guys. I'm like surfing better than I've ever surfed. I have a perfect, great board that's working well. Round two, round three, round four, quarterfinals. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm in the quarterfinals. And I'm sitting next to a guy from Rip Curl, Wetsuits. And I said to him, I said, hey, if I win the contest today, will you sponsor me? And I was half joking, because like, I'm not gonna win this contest. He kind of laughed and he goes, all right, I will. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, I will. If you win this contest today, I will. I'm like, okay. So that was in the back of my mind. Next thing you know, I'm in the semifinals. And in the semi, I'm like, actually bummed. I was, I was actually sad and uh, almost angry. Like, God, I don't deserve this. You're obviously doing this, and it actually is making me mad. It's my dream to be a pro surfer, but I need to do it. You're doing it, and I want to do it. That sounds weird, but seriously, that's what was happening in my mind, to the point where, I paddled out to this little uh, spot where it was just like a deep zone in the bottom of the beach. And that's where waves were not breaking all day because of it. So I go over there and I'm just sitting there with my board with my arms crossed and next thing I know I look up and there's this huge wave coming, like perfect wave coming, the only one of the whole day that came to that spot. I'm like, God, you are, you're ridiculous. I can't even believe you're doing this. I like laugh, but the wave was too good to pass up. Make it to the final. Had 10 seconds, caught this one wave, took it to the beach. I'm up on the scaffolding where they're giving away all the awards. They're like, fourth place, some other guy. Third place, some other guy. And I was, I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh. And then he said that I won the contest. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me right now? And I was driving home and I'll never forget it because I was still a little bit angry with God. Like, God, what are you doing blessing me? You don't, I don't deserve this. I'm not doing this anyway, so you get all the credit. He reminded me of a verse in the Bible that says, my kindness leads you to repentance. God is so good that we'll want to stop doing the things that are wrong because we'll realize that He is good. And whenever He's telling us a command or asking us not to do something, it's only because He loves us and He's trying to block us from the pain and the suffering and the consequence of that sin so that we can then go and go the other direction and be blessed. The more I allow him and surrender to him, the more blessed my life has been. I'm just, I'm just thankful for what God's done, and, and that's my story. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Heavyweights of the Faith, brief biographies of great believers who changed the world. John Wesley was an English theologian and evangelist best known for co-founding Methodism. He was born the 15th child of Samuel and Susanna Wesley in Epworth, UK on June 28, 1703. 
His father was a clergyman with the Anglican Church, and his mother was known for diligently homeschooling her children in the classic languages and the Christian thought. When John was five years old, their house caught on fire. Everyone else in the family made it safely out, but John was trapped on the upper floor. He was rescued by a church member standing on the shoulder of another before the house eventually burned down. This harrowing experience gave John Wesley the sense that he was a brand plucked from the fire for a special purpose and destiny. John Wesley graduated from Oxford in 1724, earning his master's degree in 1727, and was ordained as a priest in the Anglican Church in 1728. While at Oxford, he joined and led the Holy Club, a group of students committed to prayer, Bible study, and living piously that his younger brother, Charles, had started. He also became friends with George Whitfield. In 1735, John and Charles Wesley traveled together to Georgia in the American colonies to work as chaplains and missionaries on behalf of the Anglican Church. On their journey across the Atlantic Ocean, their ship encountered a particularly violent storm that broke the mast. While the Englishmen panicked, John noticed the Moravian priest on board calmly sang hymns and prayed. He was inspired by their deeply personal version of Christianity. When things in the American colonies didn't go as expected, John and Charles returned to Britain, where they joined a religious society led by the Moravian Christians. During an evening Moravian meeting on May 24, 1738 in London, while listening to a reading of Martin Luther's preface to the Biblical Book of Romans, John Wesley had a religious experience. He wrote, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust Christ, Christ alone for salvation, and an assurance was given to me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. This inspired John to start preaching about the universal love of God, personal salvation, and the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. Because this type of preaching was unwelcome in the Anglican Church, George Whitfield encouraged John Wesley to start preaching outdoors. This outdoor preaching throughout Britain and Ireland led to an evangelical Methodist revival. John Wesley formed small groups for personal accountability, discipleship, and religious instruction everywhere he went. He then appointed itinerant evangelists to care for those groups as he continued throughout the UK. Besides preaching over 40,000 sermons and forming the Methodist societies throughout the UK, John Wesley also wrote extensively about theology, politics, physics, and medicine. He advocated for Arminianism, female preachers, the abolition of slavery, and prison reform, among other things. He translated hymns from German to English and adapted the Anglican Book of Common Prayers for the American Methodists. He ordained clergymen to administer communion in the American colonies when the Anglican Church refused. However, John Wesley continued to consider himself a member of the Church of England because he believed every Christian of any denomination could practice the tenets of the Methodists while maintaining their denominational identity. Today, of course, the Methodists and the Wesleyan churches are their own denominations distinct from the Anglican Church of the England, and it was Methodists spread to American colonies through the preaching of George Whitfield. Famously, Whitfield was proponent of Calvinism while John Wesley taught Arminianism. It was in one of John's letters that the term agree to disagree is thought to have appeared in print for the first time. Despite this heated theological debate, John Wesley and George Whitfield remained steadfast friends, such that Wesley delivered the eulogy at Whitfield's funeral in London upon Whitfield's dying request. John Wesley died in London at age 87 after his health took a sharp decline. Due to his charitable giving, he died a poor man with a great legacy. John Wesley's conversion experience with the Holy Spirit, his dedication to methodically studying the Bible, and his commitment to holy living inspired the Methodist movement 
and ignited a revival of two continents. God did indeed use him for a special purpose after sparing his life in that house fire so many years before. Thank you to Compelling Truth for the use of their written biographies. Please visit compellingtruth.org for more information. Learn the basics of the faith. Download our free mini-book. It includes encouraging testimonies, the five scriptures everyone should know, who is the Holy Spirit, and much more. Get the mini-book free at thinktwicetv.com slash mini-book or message us with your address and we'll mail them to you. Well, that does it for this episode. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Did you know that we're out there on YouTube? Yes, please stop by for more great content at youtube.com forward slash media messengers. And while you're there, if you like our content, please click that subscribe button. It just helps YouTube to show that we're reaching people and our show is relevant. I'd like to leave you with this verse before I go. This is from 1 Timothy 2.8. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. 